it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet is what you need to win. Bet $100, get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGP Final Four Watch Party. Saturday is the day to sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Kobe over at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. That's youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. And make sure to fill out our listener survey for your chance to win a $100 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survey. Yes, sir. We are back for another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real, villain, real, real, from Junior here at your service and breaking down a loaded Friday slate in the NFL. Got my co-host Scott Studio, Scott Studio, Rochelle. Scott, what's going on? And nothing much. Looking forward to going through the Friday games. I know that there weren't exactly many games yesterday. In fact, both games were kind of horrible, if we're being honest with each other. But, yeah, uh, a lot of people were focused on baseball or hockey or pretty much any other sport because, yeah, you had two games on TV, and I don't know how many actually watched the fourth quarter because both games were kind of decided pretty quickly. Can I say that? Oh, I, I was probably the only one that was watching the fourth quarter because I had the under in the Bucks and Celtics game. And it actually looked like it was going to come, like it was going to cash by the skin of our teeth. And then Thanasis goes and heads butts Blake Griffin. You get four free throws. They knock mm-hmm. down three. Total comes in. The total was at 238. Ends up at 240, 239, I think it was actually. Was it? It might have been like two. It might have been like 241, but it, it was around there. Yeah, so. but e- either way, the three free throws was the key mark. Like the three, I, I was just sick. I was really sick to my stomach because it was like 125 left and it was an eight point margin until the under um, cash. You had an eight point margin to work mm-hmm. with in 125. And you're like, all right, you know, they're going to go down. People are going to take, you know, crazy shots and you might make one. You might just barely get it. But the three free throws, oh my gosh, like the freaking, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, that that was brutal to me. It was literally the three free throws that cost us thunder. Well, I was going to say that the people that actually stuck around to watch the end of those two games either had a play on the total or they had a player prop of some kind because the actual side was decided within, I don't even know, a half of each game. Can mm-hmm. we say that? Yeah. And, yeah, and the game not. wasn't exactly close either way, but nice win for Boston. They needed it, especially after they completely overlooked the Wizards and got killed. I was about to so, say, I feel like you got to if you overlook a team, you have to win the game you were overlooking them for. Like then yeah. you just overlook them for no reason. 
And in hindsight, we can easily tell the Celtics were looking ahead to this game for a while, and they, as a result, no-showed the Wizards game. Not a good well, excuse. foresight for still. me. For, a foresight for me, hindsight for you. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. But <laughs> the point is, for me, I expected them to just beat the Wizards anyway. That did not happen, but that was a good win for Boston. And then you have Denver, which... Truth is, I didn't learn anything from that game because Jokic didn't play. He might not play again today. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Denver, without Jokic, we know, is one of the worst teams in the league when he's off the floor. Mm -hmm. And they lost to New Orleans. Congrats to Ingram. Had another triple-double last night, so good for him. Second in the past. uh, It was his second in the last month. Yeah, month, two weeks or so. So he's been playing well lately. But the point is, both games really weren't good unless you had action on a total in that Celtics game. But it was a bad beat for you. But the point is, at least you had something that you could sweat out at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't appreciate Most people were just like, this game sucks. I feel like that was the main takeaway from the NBA yesterday for the casual viewer. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, I mean, I think that was the point. And it, in NBA aspect, it probably worked out the best that it could have because you had the sucky games on – MLB opening day that everybody cares about. And that's what apparently baseball is America's pastime. Well, that got a lot shorter because the games were like two hours and 30 minutes, which I really, really appreciated. By the way, I cashed uh, the Braves team total in record fashion. Are are we about to have a Patrick Corbin discussion on the NBA show? No, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to watch baseball. I don't watch the games. Like, this is the thing. I handicap it. I do not watch the games. You are like, ah, you really won't see me watching games. I, but I know who to fade. And Patrick Corbin is that guy to fade, man. Oh my gosh. It, it was a great holiday. And so I I was on VEASAN for yesterday's card. I gave out like three baseball plays and three hockey plays and I went five and one. So it was oh, a good okay. day. Over, right. It was a good day overall for me, but I really easy. didn't. I didn't partake much in basketball. I was so focused on baseball and even hockey that I just didn't even bother yesterday. I was. Re- I really felt good about that under and the fact that the game script it went complete opposite of what I thought it would go. Still, the under was in play. Ah, oh, that it was the freaking headbutt, man! It was the headbutt. All right. Before we get into this card, let me talk to you about the official sponsor of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is WinBet. Now live in a bunch of states, including Massachusetts, where I'm sure everybody caught Boston as a dog, and the and WinBet is really, really hurting over there. Be sure to look out for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and you have the March Madness Tournament still underway. Final Four is this weekend. You can sign up today, receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, we have our DGEN's Long Shot Parlay of the Week, where if you hit the longest parlay of the week, you can get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Our subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. And we have the Final Four watch party. As I alluded to, this weekend on Saturday, you can catch Final Four action with Sean, Kobe, and Ryan in studio. They have live bets, they have prize giveaways. All at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. So, youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. And 
they'll also be giving away the winner of the SGP Masters Contest. So if you haven't entered that already, make sure you do that at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. You can win a three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang with the guys as they watch the Masters at Stadium Swim. I'm trying to tell you guys, I've been to Stadium Swim. Really, really great place. You should go. It's really, really fun. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. And I can confirm that Sean will probably buy you a beer if you pull up. Not going to lie. Sean is good for buying you a beer. Uh, Jameson and Ginger is his drink of choice, by the way. If anybody was curious of what Sean's drink of choice is, it is a Jameson and Ginger 100%. Like every time I've been with him, he's ordered Jameson and Ginger. All right. I'm trying to think that's even a good combo. I've never thought of having that in my life before. You know, I I'm not a I'm not a Jameson drinker, but I'm pretty sure that like I'm almost positive. Why would I make that up? Like I didn't say I you made it up. I'm just saying. No, no, I don't no. Think but no, I'm have just that. thinking to myself, like trying to like, is that the drink that I remember him? But like, why would I make that up? Because it has to be the drink he orders. That's so random that I think it has to be right. You know, it was so I had it once. Like I just told him to get me what you're having, and I'm pretty sure he said Jameson Ginger, and it was straight. I mean, it was cool. I'm just not a Jameson drinker. That's it. All right, let's move on to the card. First game up, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road going to play the Indiana Pacers. Line is looking at about two and a half right now for the OKC Thunder, minus two and a half. Total is set at, whoa, my spread is different this week. Okay, 237. I'm seeing a 237 for the total. Opened up at 235.5, now up to 237. 237.5 in some shops. Injury report for these two teams and for the OKC Thunder, you have no SGA. Like they're not, well, I mean, SGA actually has an ankle injury this time, so I guess, okay, whatever. Uh, no SGA, no Lindy Walters the third, and for the Pacers you have no Halliburton, Miles Turner is questionable, Buddy Heald and Aaron Neesmith are not on the injury report. Chris Duarte is out with that ankle injury. I mean, is this not the Vegas Dave Whale play of the day? Well. We'll put it this way. Oklahoma City, let's just say, has not exactly been good lately at beating up on some of the bad teams in the league. Uh, they ended up losing to Charlotte uh, in that high-scoring game. They lost that one by, th- by uh, three in the end. Mm-hmm. Had a matchup against the Pistons, who were also benching half their team. They should have lost that game, but uh, R- Rookie of the Year candidate Jalen Williams had the game-winning putback there uh, to win the game. I don't really understand what's going on with Shea or what the management's doing with Shea, because the Thunder right now are in the 10 spot. They're only a game clear of Dallas for... I mean, it's only... It's only one... What It's two possible things. One, he's actually hurt, which could really be true. Or two, they're tanking. I'm saying, but the tanking part is very weird because they're in possession of the final play-in spot and there's five games left in the season. Like, this is this is a little bit weird, isn't it? I mean, if you don't think that you, if you, I mean, really, like, when we look at all these teams in the play-in, like, 
not many of them have a shot of actually doing anything. So they might. It's a matter of doing anything. It's just, you know, you're the 10 seed. You've tried this far into the season. Why would you decide to start tanking now with five games left? I don't even think they tried. I think they accidentally won these games because that's how, that's what it seems like over the past couple of weeks that they accidentally won 30 plus games. Their draft picks were just too good over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. No choice but to actually win games this time. The coach is actually a solid coach. So he's not going to be, you know, tanking like i i I just (laughs) this is (laughs) pacers plus two and a half pacers on the money line man they they played like the better team with half of their team out like they they've actually played like somebody who's in the running for a playing spot and they're not I, I don't know how you can trust this Thunder team. I'm not. Give me the for me, plus two and a half. Favorite, my favorite play on this game is going to be the over. I know it's a high total. I don't really care. I'm going to take the over. I know that it was around 230. I want to say four and a half last night, and the money came in on the over, which doesn't surprise me. But Indiana, they've played against some decent competition lately. And let's just say they haven't guarded anybody. And I could see that being the case for both teams in the spot. So Pacers have lost four straight. Gave up 149 to Milwaukee. 127 to Dallas, but Luka and Kyrie both didn't play the fourth quarter. Gave up 143 to Atlanta. So they're just handing out 130, 140 plus to any team that actually cares. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of points in this game. The Thunder defensively have not been good either. They gave up 137 to a Hornets team with no Lamelo, no Rozier, and even no Dennis Smith Jr., who is you know having a decent run there. They got 43 points to P.J. Washington. Like, both teams aren't even trying to guard anybody right now. I'm going to take the over in this one. I think there was a couple ways to get there. Either Indiana's defense hands out 130 or 140 again. Oklahoma City's defense doesn't show up, and you end up getting 120 from Indiana. Or you see something that we just saw in the Milwaukee game against Indiana, which is the other team scores a bunch of points, but Indiana scores points too because of the pace they play at. I think pace Uh should be high in this game. I like the over. I think each team's got a shot to maybe reach 120 here. Give me the over. Yeah, 100%. I'm all over the over as well. I like the first quarter over between these two teams as well. Watching them over the past couple of games, they really, really get out to hot starts, especially the Pacers. The Pacers have just found ways to be able to score the basketball with a really, really quick pace in the first quarter, whether it's uh, getting transition defense, whether it's just running up and down the floor because you have a bunch of energy, but they're really, really getting after it in the first quarter. Uh, in terms of pace and so I think that with no defense they can clear 59 and a half in that first quarter for sure I think both teams can definitely have 30 points so um, do you want want to make a case for a team total in the first quarter since Indiana season-wise has been the worst first quarter team in the league I mean I still I still would take Indiana's team total honestly because I, it's just with Ben Matherin in the starting lineup, that kind of counteracts that because you have somebody that can create offense mm-hmm. for them. And so now you, Ben Matherin, you're probably, it sounds like you're going to see Miles Turner there as well. Like, I, I think that this team is, is pretty solid right now, at least in the first quarter, especially after watching that Bucks game and just watching how they were able to run up and down the floor and not only just create shots for themselves, but create shots for each other. Ben Matherin, I think he had like, oh, off the top of my head, I think he had two, three assists in that first quarter where he was just able to dribble drive and kick out to an open three-point shooter and they get a really good look at the ball. So uh, I, I 
Yeah, I think that the first quarter, I, I like everything about the, I just think that this is like a high scoring. If this was like a 60, 70 point first quarter, I wouldn't be surprised. So, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. If, if, if you have like 130 plus points in the first half, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that. Um, and I just can't get behind the, the Thunder right now, man. I, I I really think the Pacers look like the better team. Like even with Halliburton out, with Mather inserted to the lineup, he's been able to to just kind of go and get his. And now you have Buddy Heel coming back in this game as well. So we'll see what he wants to do, if he wants to dribble or if he wants to shoot. But I, I, I just I, I cannot buy into this Thunder team. And you got some reverse line movement in this game as well. So that's something I also like. To do you play. dare take a leap of faith with Miles Turner rebounds in this game? Oh, my God. I want to so bad. But I think I'd rather go Jackson or Smith. <laughs> I, I, I really you. that's why I was asking. I really, really want to. I really, really want to, but I think I want I'm gonna go Jackson or Smith otherwise. Uh I think I'm gonna but, go back to what worked for me in that Pacers game. Truth is every prop I liked in that Pacers game hit because I was blindly taking overs. Yeah. I like Nemhard assists at six and a half. I think that number is a bit too low. We know that Halliburton's out. He's going to be the starting point guard. He had 15 assists against Milwaukee last game. With the crazy Lame. amount of pace and the fact that I said both teams, or each team might score 120, six and a half assists, I think there might be some value on a double-double from Nemhard just based on the pace alone. Yeah, double-double for Nemhard. McConnell as well. I think McConnell, like whether you get Nemhard running pace for the majority of the game or they decide to give the keys to McConnell for the majority of the game, because it seems like even though McConnell comes off the bench, they have no problem paying playing him starter minutes so mm-hmm. yeah i think mcconnell a double double uh look for that later in the day that could be an interesting piece as well i don't see a line on that right now but i see nem yeah he's coming off the bench it's gonna be nem five to one on a double double how do i not he just had 15 and 15 i don't yeah I'm, five to I, one i i just assume that he's gonna be especially with buddy heel back like buddy heel back he's that adds a more to your yeah. That adds another option that you can go to with the basketball. I, I'm with you. I think that's comically too low. Honestly. And the Thunder, of course, have no actual you know rim protection, so endless pick and rolls could end up resulting in some free layups or free threes for Turner. So yeah, I think Nemhard double double is kind of an auto play, especially at five to one. I think that's a bargain. All right. Um. I think I like Miles Turner blocks today. Let me see okay. if I can pull up a line on that. Let me see if I can get a line on his blocks. Let's see. Scroll, 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 scroll. I don't scroll. see it. Yeah, they don't have any Miles Turner stuff up. But it's probably going to be at like two and a half, maybe some plus money on it. Uh, yeah, I think that you know, when you just think of looking at the personnel that the Thunder have right now, it's a lot of people that's going to be trying to get to the rim in this game. And I think that he's, he can anchor it down for them. And that's probably why he doesn't cash the the rebounds prop. So I'd probably do it like blocks plus Jackson or Smith rebounds. And just saying that the game script is he's defending the interior of the paint. He's getting the blocks. Other people are corralling the rebounds. He's not really focused on the boards, and it's more of a Jalen Smith and uh, Jackson kind of game. So I like something like that. I see JR's mentioning that uh, you can end up taking Neesmith to get a block at plus 120. He's had a block in three straight games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he so. one of those weird those weird guards that just gets blocks all the time? 
Well, he's a, I mean, he's technically a 6'5 forward, but you're looking at how Indiana plays, and he's played a decent amount of minutes the last couple of games. He's played 31-plus mm-hmm. minutes in each of the last two games, and Indiana was kind of getting blown out in there. So he's kind of blow-proof, but he's in the starting lineup, but he has had a block in three straight. So if you want to make a case for a trend for a plus money that's been a solid, underrated option, if you yeah. want to take Neesmith. Yeah, I don't think anybody's touching Neesmith for Okay. All right, let's move on to the next game of this well no before we do next game of slate let me talk to you about shady rays because shady rays offers the most insane protection of all eyewear look i'm telling you i'm just i was watching the sgp show they were talking about the nfl draft and sean put his shady rays on and i could literally see his screen through the glasses. Like, that's insane. I can only imagine. I'm waiting for mine to get here. Shay Ray's. Mine actually got here, uh, I think, yesterday, I think. Oh, really? Oh, they did? All right, cool. So, uh, I'll wear them on the next show. All right, there you go. He's got them on the next show for his Shady Rays. I'm going to have mine next week, probably. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or get them, return them for free within 30 days. So, no risk when you shop Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. And we're also brought to you by Sword Vitality because self-care is cool. Self-care is manly. And there is no reason, no more hiding that little blue pill in your sock drawer Look, if you have this issue, 40% of men are affected by impotence at age 40, nearly 70% of men at age 70. But here you go, because sword vitality, man, if you aren't experiencing your erections in the morning, they can help you. They can help you. You should be able to increase the blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man. Sword Vitality also can increase your stamina. In case you know you're a minute man, you can go a little go a little bit longer than that. You don't gotta hide it. Be proud. Be proud of being a minute man. Be proud of using Sword Vitality. Unsheath your sword. Visit SwordVitality.com. Use promo code SGPN for a nice discount at checkout at SwordVitality.com. Promo code SGPN. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at Hyperice.com. Oh, I'm going to have so much fun with that read. Is it weird that whenever I hear the phrase Minuteman, I think of like Rip Flair? <laughs> is, that, is that weird? 
Because you know that like he had that uh, promo where he's like, yeah, I'm a 60 minute man. And he just kept doing a bunch of woos across yeah. the ring. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like uh, Flair is the first thing I think of when I think of that phrase. But oh man, I'm gonna have so much fun. Wait till wait till part two. I'm gonna have so much fun with that read. <laughs> All right, next game on the slate, we have the. Orlando Magic on the road to go play the Washington Wizards. Line is moving around. Shop your best line. I think consensus is minus one Orlando now. Technically opened up at plus four for Washington. I'm almost positive not a soul got that. And so looking at, yeah, here, plus, yep, plus one. Plus one for Washington now at home. 225 is the total. That's come down four and a half points. Injury report here for these two teams. And we have for the Orlando Magic. Kavon Harris is out for the Washington Wizards. Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal are both out. Daniel Gafford questionable. Is this not the will play? Is this not a will play too? I mean, I'm going to keep taking Orlando. I, I I feel like this team, even though they lost to Memphis, gritty cover. That's what we're going to call it. We're going to call them a gritty cover because they were getting killed in that game and they kind of came back to make it interesting. I like this Orlando team. And I was talking to Delonte about it on Twitter. I might place a bet on this team to make the play in next year. I like what I've seen. They got off to a very slow start. And since then, they've been pretty good. The Wizards aren't playing for anything. We've seen them basically shut down Beal and Kuzma for the rest of the year. And they're letting Porzingis, you know, have some big stat lines because he's the only guy out there. But the Wizards had a nice win against Boston. I think we can agree after what happened yesterday that the Celtics were clearly looking ahead to Milwaukee. So good performance by Washington. Avdia played well. Morris played well, too. But I really like how Orlando's played the last couple of weeks or even months at this point. Really, besides the really bad start they had, they've been a pretty good team. I'm going to take Orlando here. I know they haven't been good on the road, and I know that Washington just had a nice win. But I think it's fascinating that the Wizards just dominated the Celtics, who might be the best team in the East, maybe, and Orlando's favored on the road. I like Orlando here. They've been the more consistent team for the last couple weeks. Yeah, it's pretty easy for me. Like the defense of Orlando over the past five games has been really, really good. 109.6 points per game. That's sixth in the NBA during that span. 31.8% from three. That is fourth in the NBA during that span. Uh, 45.3% from the field. That is second in the NBA during that span. They're rebounding the basketball. They are forcing a shoot. Are they? Yeah, they're forcing turnovers, sixth in NBA and turnovers over that five game span. Like they're they they are locked in, and this is what happens. This is, they're the Detroit Pistons of last year, where you know second half of the season it felt like Detroit was covering any number you threw at them, and sometimes even winning those games outright. Orlando is that is that team this year, and it's the we have talented young guys that we're not sitting. You know, Pistons have talented young guys that they're. They're just sitting them, and so they're not having the run that they did last year. Uh, we can talk about the Rockets a little bit later, but that's just a terrible organization. Whereas the Orlando Magic are bought into their young guys. They're bought into not tanking. 
like, you know, other teams in the league. And they want to go out here, compete every single night. It's a testament to the organization, testament to Jamal Mosley for keeping this team locked in, even though they know they're not going anywhere. And now you have them both battling for basically a loser is getting a better pick in the lottery of this game. Like that's almost for certain. And so I think that I just don't think that they have any options for them in Washington. I don't think they have any options in the front court. I think that the backcourt depth is going to be a problem for them. And there's who's slowing down Paulo Bencaro and Franz Wagner in this game. Like I really don't see it. So I'm all over Orlando here, two games down. And I feel like both games that we said are locks. Honestly, like I, I truly think Orlando's about to come and just throw it down on the Wizards. And I would even take an adjusted line of like, because it would only be right for them to blow out the Celtics and then get blown out at home to the Magic. So like an adjusted yeah. line of 11 plus, I would take that for the Wizards. I mean, well, I was going to the say that they have, they have played three times this season. Washington is two and one. However, the first two meetings took place before February. The last meeting took place roughly 10 days ago. And Orlando, Orlando beat them at home by 10. So yeah. I care more about the recent matchup that they had there because the Wizards, once again, have kind of benched half the players that are worth a damn on this team. Orlando, I like. I think that they're a pretty fun team to watch. They have young talent. They're not resting anybody because they're trying to build up chemistry for next year. Once again, I, I like the overall nucleus of talent this team has. So I'm going to take Orlando. Yeah, I do too. Orlando, that's a lot. Uh What's that total sitting at? 225. I mean, I just say, I just give me a Wizards team total under. I was going to say the meeting they just had landed 234. I'll just take a Wizards. I'll just take a Wizards team total under. I told you all the defensive stats for Orlando in the past five games. And I I think that this is going to be a little bit come down to uh, come down to earth for the Wizards. I think that they're honestly at one point probably going to be looking to just punt the game entirely, especially if they go down big early. So I'm just, I think Wizards team total is the way to go for me. I didn't even mention, by the way, Beal did play in that last game. However, he was a serious double agent because he went four for 15 from the floor. So keep that in mind, I guess. But the Wizards were somewhat at full strength the last meeting. Kuzma That's still didn't play, but... That- that's the game that Bradley Bill slapped the head off the dude head for saying, fuck you, you just cost me a thousand fifteen hundred dollars or something like that. That was that game? Yeah, it was that game. Somebody in Orlando had thirteen hundred dollars on Beal over? I, I don't I don't that know if it was a right. parlay. I don't know if it was a parlay or what it was, but it was definitely that game in Orlando and he said I thought it might have been the Nuggets game or the Spurs game. No, nah, it was a hundred percent. It was a hundred percent the game in Orlando, and he said, really? "Fuck you." He said, "Fuck you." You cost me like fifteen hundred dollars, and Bradley Beal slapped the head off his head, and now he's being investigated by the police for assault via hat slap. Or yeah, whatever. Or uh, bitching, I would call it. That's a fair term. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Toronto Raptors on the road to go play the Philadelphia 76ers Toronto opened up as a plus six and a half point road dog now to plus five and a half to 24 and a half is the total that's come up four points from open let's see here 
injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Raptors, Gary Trent Jr., Will Barton, Delano Banton, Joe Wisecamp are questionable. And nothing for the 76ers. Expect a full supporting cast for the 76ers. For the underdog, regardless if it is the Raptors or the 76ers, and I think it's actually been the Raptors more than not, the underdog has covered four of the last five. What are you doing here? Well, when you say four or five, is that regular season meetings? Regular season. Playoffs? Okay. Regular season. I'm going to take Toronto in this one. I understand that the Sixers did win their last game against Dallas. However, I did not think they looked particularly good in that game. It looked it looked like they did the bare minimum to come back and win because Dallas scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. But I wasn't overly impressed by how Philly looked. Toronto's given Philly some problems over the years. Philly, I think, has won the majority, but the games have been somewhat competitive. I think that this line's a little bit high. And there's one prop that I love, except there's no lines on any Philly props yet. But we said that when Harden comes back, whenever he's going to come back, we're going to take his unders for points. And we saw him against Dallas come back. He scored 15 points, four for 14 from the floor. He can't move. And I said Mm -hmm. that was going to be a problem because he has an Achilles injury and that's not going to heal quickly. And Harden, we've seen, whether it's the playoffs or in late-season situations, when he's been coping with some leg injuries, his stats fall off a cliff. And he played 38 minutes at 15 points. He did have 12 assists, so the assists I would still be tempted by. But I feel like Harden, with his inability to actually move laterally as well as he could previously, that means defensively he's going to have some problems. Offensively, he's going to kill the pace because he can't run anymore. And he's also going to struggle with his shot because he might not be able to get much lift on his jumpers. I like the under in this game. I like Toronto, and I like Harden under for points. Assists, I still would lean to the over. But, I mean, we were waiting for it, and Harden came back, and he scored 15 points. So I'm going to stick with what we expected to have happen when Harden returned, which is a lot of really slow-paced basketball. Give me unders, and I'm going to lean to Toronto. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the I'm sticking with the trend in this one. I'm taking the dog as well. I just I can truly see a game where they just kind of let Toronto hang around in this game. Probably actually have to fight back for their lives to go and get a win. Toronto should push the pace in this game. They should. I'm not sure if they're going to, but you should really just make Harden run up and down the floor the entire game. And NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And let me see. James Harden's at 19 and a half tonight. I just can't see a world he gets to 20. He needs a bunch of free throws if he's yeah. going to get there. Yeah, I just can't. I cannot see him getting to 20. Uh, I, I really don't have anything else. I kind of already had in my mind that I like Toronto catching the points against 76ers. And in just the fact that I'm sure Joe Embiid is going to have a good game. I'm not sure about everything else. I think Harden is going to literally sabotage this team. We've already said that we're fading them with Harden in the lineup. And I I, I truly – I'm just curious. Like, how is this even going to go? Like, how is this going to go when – because even if you slow the pace down, the Raptors play really good out the half court. So you're I'm really – I'm just saying – You're really slowing yourself. You just got to feed and yeah. beat and just hope and beat scores 80. 
you're hoping Embiid carries you, but I also think this total's way too high because the last meeting they had ended up landing 205 after overtime. It landed 205. Uh, the meeting before that landed 202. So the last two meetings were rock fights, and now Harden can barely move, and they're not going to run. They're not going to try to go up tempo because of it. So I like the under in this game. This total feels way too high. Raptors are five and zero to the under in their last five games. Forty, uh, not forty niners. <laughs> Wrong numbers. Seventy sixers are four and one to the under in their last five. So, did you watch any of that Mavericks game on that was on uh, ESPN against the Sixers? Yeah, I caught the first half. That was it. Tartan looked really bad, didn't he? Yeah, I wasn't like I, I I wasn't surprised. I mean, I had the under, so I was I was happy. I was like, yeah, there he goes. I was goes. getting He's flashbacks just... to the playoff series against Miami last year. Like it was it was bad. Yeah, no, and I mean, unfortunately, they feel like they need him. They really don't. So I, I said before, I think they're better off without him at this stage in Harden's health. I know when he, Harden's healthy, he's an incredible playmaker. He'll be a member of an all NBA team, probably a second or third team. But based on current form, if he's going to play at 40 percent health, they're better without him. I think that what's the how many games back are they from Boston? Is it two, three? Uh, like right that. now, Philly is two and a half back. So they have a game next game. They have a game in hand. This is also looking at his spot for them. But because they really need that, like they really, if they win that, then they can realistically say to themselves, we could, Mike can snag this two seed and have home court in case of a matchup against Boston. And that's my only motivation for Philly going forward is trying to get home court from Boston so that at the very least, if it goes to a game seven, you're at the crib. But I'm just going to throw it out there for playoff purposes. Based on how bad Miami's been lately, I'm going to assume the Nets get the six seed. I've roasted this Nets team with uh, the current roster because they have a hard time scoring. And even though I am a fan, if Harden's going to look like this for the rest of the season, I actually think the Nets have a shot to beat them. Like, that's how low I am on Philly right now. And you said a look-at spot for reference. They play at Milwaukee on Sunday and at home against Boston on Tuesday. So this could be a serious look-at spot. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I'm on. Yeah, we're on the Raptors. All right. Any other props from this game or the Magic game? Because we really didn't talk about either. So any props you got? But we mentioned the under on Harden points at 19 and a half. I would probably still consider the over for assists. I know that it was brought up turnovers because Harden's been a turnover machine against the Raptors in the past. Uh, I don't mind that either. If you want to just go based on how Toronto usually plays them tough. I'm trying to think of who I want to pivot to on Toronto. Siakam? Am I automatically pivoting to Siakam because I don't trust Van Vliet and Siakam has kind of giving Philly some problems because he's a tweener power forward who could run the floor. He's kind of a jack of all trades. I can see Siakam having a nice like 24, seven and five type game, you know? I, I really, I really, really want to take Fred Van Fleet. I, I know, but, but I, I know, can't do it. I, just I know, I know. It's just, he like, I mean, maybe if Gary Trent played, but... Who is James? Just 
I'm just going to lie bet whoever James Harden is guarding. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, if people are tempted reason. to take Harden turnovers, does that mean that you're pivoting to like Ananobi steals if you want to go for a defensive prop? I would wait for Trent. Gary Trent is really, really active with his hands. Yeah. And so if Trent plays, I would wait for Trent and takes Trent steals because you're probably getting a way better price on him seeing how he's probably coming off the bench. Uh, let's see. Jacoperto double-double? I don't think he's going to score enough. The The thing is, Embiid gave up 17 and 13 to Bismack Biombo, so anything's possible. But Pirtle doesn't really look at the rim. I mean, his rebounds is at eight and a half. Like, I'm, I'm cool with just that, honestly. Eight I'm and concerned half. about foul trouble because, you know, Embiid's going to be foul hunting the entire game. But I, I still think I'd like the over on rebounds for Pirtle. But I don't think I can take double-double because he's rarely looking at the hoop. If you don't take Jakob Hurt, I feel like you got to be on Siakam then. Somebody's yeah. going to rebound. I mentioned Siakam, so I, I think Siakam's in line to have a pretty good game. Okay. I see plus 250. Yeah, plus 250. I wonder what Siakam triple-double is. Uh, Siakam 24 to 1. Okay. I don't think he's, he's going to get there, but I think if you want to, if you want to try to limit that and go maybe eight rebounds, eight assists, and do a parlay like that, maybe he yeah. gets close. But I don't think he gets there. Hmm. I can see him filling up the stat sheet. What's his points, rebounds, and assists today? Thirty-three and a half. That minus one twenty-five. Yeah, because I said I, th- I could see him scoring twenty-four, yeah. twenty-five points. I think he's capable of getting nine rebounds and assists combined. Yeah, yeah, I like that. See, I come thirty-three and a half. All right. Uh, but we see eye to eye here, right? It's Toronto in the under and Harden. Yeah, under. yeah. I really, I'm concerned on why this gone up four points, but I really don't care. Uh, I, I don't think I'm taking an over between these two. It's because Philly's healthy, even though they haven't fully accounted that Harden is playing, sucks. but he might yeah, be Harden a detriment at this point. Okay. Uh, I mean, I feel like we kind of touched on it a little bit, the props of the last game, but I think nobody's stopping Ben Carroll. I yeah. think that the bigs for uh, Orlando are going to feast on the boards today. Like, Window Carter is going to feast on the boards today. I like Porzingis over for that game, just to go back. Porzingis, I think oh, yeah. he'll have a good game from three. I like his I like three. Yeah, that's what I was just yeah. about to say. I think his threes and him trying to pull uh, some of them bigs out, his threes at two and a half plus 104. Yeah, I'll definitely go. It's funny how we just watch. I've been betting his threes for a while, and it's been at one and a half for a good majority of the season. I'll also and go back to Avdia rebounds. Avdia rebounds. Okay. All right. Next game on the slate. So let's see here. I'm working off of just the computer today. So the Chicago Bulls are on the road going to play the Charlotte Hornets. This line opened up at six and a half for the Bulls. It is now sitting at minus 10. Wow. <laughs> Isn't it kind of funny that the Hornets were so bad all year and now they're one of our favorite teams solely because of the last like two, three games? Yep, very much so. And in the injury report in this game, we have... Alice Caruso is questionable. Andre Drummond is questionable. I think he's expected to play, though. Javante Green is questionable. And for the Charlotte Hornets, Terry Rozier is out. Gordon Hayward is doubtful. Oh, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. why. Yeah, that's why. Kelly Oubre is questionable. Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable. 
that that's why that I was wondering why the line moved this crazy. It was Gordon Hayward. Dang. Do we even though, even are, though Hayward hasn't dare? played the last couple games anyway? Yeah, but but oh man, they won without him. They did. Oklahoma City and he didn't. Play. I, I can't take. I can't lay sandwich with Chicago. There's no way. You're it, not. You're not getting. It's it for me. the ride at this point. I'm treating the Hornets like St. Peter's last year. Just blindly take the money line and hope for the best. We're gonna see yeah. how far this train goes. Yeah, I, there's no way I'm laying ten. There's no way I'm laying ten, 10 Bulls. Do. I don't care. I don't care if they win by twenty. You could tell me that they'll probably win by twenty. I'm not gonna. Well, it's no, also not just it. ten. It's ten on the road with Chicago. This team hasn't been a good road team in years. Like the Hornets aren't good, a good team on paper, but for whatever reason, things have been pretty good for yeah. them lately. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Hornets plus the points. I think Hornets money line at plus 360. Truth is, even if you lose this, you cash the other three underdog bets and you're up a ton of units anyway. Yep. I can afford to sacrifice a unit on the Hornets money line here because I'm up like. 15 units on the last three games combined. So, yeah, I, I think that the Hornets are worth a look here. I'm not laying 10 with Chicago on the road. I can't do that. Yeah, super easy handicap there. Total sitting at two... What? I lost it. 224. I'm not even sure, to be honest. I think it will lean over, but I don't know. Bulls have been solid defensively over the past few games and, you know, pretty like, you know, up and down, but better, you know, the addition of Patrick Beverly. All three meetings this season went under, but those were a while ago and these rosters aren't the same as they were before, mostly for Charlotte because half their team's injured now or injured with quotes and they're just resting guys. Mm, I'll take the under. It's a, it's a double digit spread. I'll take the under. You know what? Yeah, I think I think actually convinced me there. I'm I'm gonna go with the under as well. Looking at the head-to-head meetings, they got Beverly, who's still a good perimeter defender. But it's most of the fact that if I think the Hornets are going to cover, then I think that they'll probably be able to limit Chicago offensively, which was yeah. important. So I think I'll lean under there. I'm gonna treat it like the Rockets game against the Nets that we had a couple days ago, where uh-huh. I said it was correlated, and I said if the Rockets cover, the game's probably gonna be an ugly game. And it was, and Houston covered the spread. I think it's the same story here. I'll lean the under, but Charlotte plus 10 would probably be my main play if I had to play something from this game. All right. Let's see here on the prop wheel. We have who's going to secure the win for us? Is it PJ? PJ would be the. would be the main choice. The problem is, are is his prop going to be too inflated after last game? Because you know his points prop went up a couple after that, thir- after that forty-three point. Game. It's nineteen and a half. I don't see Uber yet. Uber can be very very streaky. I'm not sure if Uber is even going to play because he ended up not playing in the last game. Mark Williams versus Vucevic. I mean, Vucevic doesn't try. So who's the center that's out for this game? Because they've been rotating three centers. I'm assuming that you're going to not see probably Richards. If I had to guess. Yeah. 
They don't have that listed either because nobody knows what this lineup is going to be. I'm just saying Williams is playing, which means that Kai Jones or Richards are not playing. I don't know which one, but one of them is not going to play. I would just, well, I don't know, because Kai Jones be actually pretty been playing pretty well too. He's been playing okay, but I, yeah. I let's know. just take let, let's just take the centers. Let, let's just take the centers. It's the centers. That works. Uh, trying to think of anything else I like. Beverly Steals. I got to be tempted by. I, I mean, I would, you on blocks I, for Beverly? I think I'm tempted by something Dennis Smith Jr. I just don't know what. I'm trying. I'm not sure to, if he's gonna play. Yeah, but if he does, the pick and roll with him, Mark Williams slash Kai Jones slash Nick Richards, is going to be going all day. I'm just going to bring up Beverly Steals. It's around minus 150, which isn't fun, but Charlotte's front, Charlotte's backcourt, I should say. If Smith doesn't play, yes, I know they beat the Thunder. But you're giving Maladon serious minutes. You got Mikhailuk bringing up the ball. Their point guards aren't exactly good. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's not surprising because it's basically a fourth string point guard who's starting at this point. Can I, I Beverly is going to try to hound the ball. Can I tempt you instead of doing that? Because Steals we know Pat. Blocks. Yep, because we know he gets a block over one and a half is plus one hundred. That I don't mind. I can really see Beverly putting kind of an imprint on this game, at least for part of it, just by on-ball pressure on these questionable point guards that Charlotte has. Him and Caruso maybe might end up being able to really have a lot of good opportunities defensively to pick up some stats because I've seen Mallet on play. I I don't think he's an NBA player. But I I am just going to lean to the uh, Hornets, the under, and I'll look at some Beverly defensive prop. And yeah, of course, like the that. centers for Charlotte for uh, Charlotte go for rebounds. I like that steals and blocks over one and a half yeah. at plus one. It's even money, so yeah, it's, I think that's worth it. All right, let's keep it going. Next, well, what what are we at? Oh, we can get one more. We got time right. for one or two more. Next game on the slate, we have. Oh, this is great. It's, this should be quick. The Utah Jazz are traveling to Boston. Play Boston Celtics. Celtics are laying thirteen and a half right now. Two thirty-two is the total. That's come down two and a half points from two thirty-four and a half. Injury report here. Not going to see much for the Celtics as they played last night, but. I think only Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown played 30 minutes. Everybody else didn't play 30 minutes. And they have Robert Williams and Al Horford listed as injury management, though. So there is a possibility you don't see them. For the Jazz, looks like Laurie is out. Jordan Clarkson is out. Rudy Gay is out. Kelly Olenek is questionable. It's okay, though. They have Taylor Horton Tucker. I know. 41 or 15 for 25. 41 or 15 for 25. And Chris Dunn had a pretty solid game off the bench as well. I mean, I'm not changing. I'm not changing the trend now because, I mean, come on. They just played. They overlooked the Wizards before the Bucks game. Then they played the Bucks and absolutely destroyed the Bucks. And now they have the Jazz before they play the 76ers. Like what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not laying 13 with Boston here. I like the over, especially with Robert Williams not in the lineup. I think that it's kind of the opposite with Utah. Oh, Kelly most- Olynyk is the Kelly Olynyk is the if he he's gonna play and he's gonna be the play. 
100%. I, I think he'll be the play too if he does suit up. But the point is, it's usually the combo of if you like the underdog, take the under because you're going to hope for less points than the underdog can keep it close. For Utah, I think if they're going to cover, the game's just going over <laughs> because they can't yeah. guard anybody and nothing's going to change there. But Robert Williams and Horford potentially not playing means Boston's paint defense is going to be non-existent, especially with how good of a rim protector oh Robert gosh. Williams is. So I like the over in this game. I see a lot of points. I will lean Utah. 13 and a half is a lot of points for a team with travel off a nice win against its arch rival up to this point. And now they have a game out of conference, which has another division game, another a division game up next, which should be very competitive or at least very important for the standings. I'm with you on the look ahead spot here for Boston. And I think Utah is good enough to keep this game close. I hate their defense with a passion, though. So I'm going to take the over, but I'll lean to Utah. I think the real big thing, like for the Celtics, is that they're going like if Utah is smart and if Utah plays how they should, they're going to dominate the boards today. Like absolutely a not complete annihilation on the boards today. Oh, we're going with I, Kessler rebounds, right? No, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I want to find a Kessler twenty plus rebounds prop. Okay, so you want the old if Kessler had twenty and twenty tonight, would anybody truly be surprised? 20 might be a bit much, but I can definitely see him getting to like 16. He can, I'm going like, to see if I can is, find it. This is a this is a this is a marquee game where you go and you drop like a 20 and 20 game. Like, come on. Like He's I'm all over Yeah, like maybe <laughs> or you get Al Horford coming off a of back to back. And he said Horford might not play. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if he does, but if he does, like, you're getting out Horford on the back. I'm almost positive Robert Williams isn't playing a back to back. But, like, not you're play. getting you're getting Horford on a back to back. I feel comfortable with that. I probably prefer that. Like, <laughs> I, come on. Olenek, it's, it's in the bigs today. Olenek from three. Walker Kessler on the boards probably cleans up the offensive glass a good amount of times, gets some easy put back dunks. His rebounds is at 10 and a half. That's a, a really easy play for me here tonight. His points prop is at 12 and a half. I think he even eclipses that. I would probably, I'm probably going to ladder his points prop, honestly. Okay. So 20. to answer your question, by the way, if you want to take Edwards, the highest number it goes to is 18 rebounds. You can get 18 rebounds of 30 to one. 30 to 1? Yes. I see 30 to 1. I'll take it. If you want to play it safe, you can get 16 plus rebounds at around 10 to 1. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take it. It's, how does he not dominate on the on boards today? Like, come on. I understand that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are very good, capable rebounders, but like this man literally prioritizes his game on getting rebounds, and I'm almost positive that they are they all agree that hey. This is the way we have to win this game. And, oh, ding, ding, ding. Who is the coach of the Utah Jazz? Hardy. Former, from, former assistant of the Celtics. Like, come on, man. Utah plus 13 and a half. Utah on the money line. By the way, JR, if you found 20 rebounds at plus 1050, you need a new book. Because I found 18 plus rebounds at 30 to 1. So, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having a play on Kessler today. Uh, I think we hit everything in this game. Anything else? No, I was going to say, if you want to play it safe, you can get Kessler 11-plus rebounds at minus 113. If you don't want to go for the full ladder, you don't want to yeah. take yeah. a Hail Mary shot. 
All right. Let's see here. Next game on the slate. Oh, well, no, we're not going to talk next game because we're going to go ahead and split here for part two because our time is going a little bit long. So, YouTube, you know what to do. Podcast version, you know what to do. I'm not going to say it again. I'm going over to part two. <laughs> 